Glory be to God. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him. Don't get tired. Give him praise. Bless him. Bless him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time, God is great. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We are so grateful, so thankful today. Amen. To be in the house of God. Amen. Thanking God for each and every one of you. Amen. Who counted it not robbery to come out here today. Amen. And to bless the Lord. Amen. For surely God has been good. And he truly has done. He alone has done great things wherein we are glad. Amen. We're so happy to have my brother-in-law, Brother Al Hargit here today. Amen. It's good to see him. Amen. In the house of the Lord. Amen. It's good to see you, Al. Amen. And we're so thankful to have um, Nia here with us. Amen. And she comes bearing gifts of a grandchild. Amen. 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 We had a man here who used to make fun of us grandfathers. Amen. Until one day, his grandchild showed up. So we want to welcome him to the group of grandparents. Amen. Come on and give God a praise. Amen. For life. Amen. Amen. We thank God for life this day. Amen. For God giving life. Amen. And for how he's blessed us. Amen. And given us strength. Amen. Saints, open up your Bibles with me to Romans, the eighth chapter. Thank God for the word. Amen. We thank God for the word of God. Our life. Amen. Our life. Amen. It helps us. It keeps us. It strengthens us each and every day. Amen. It walks with us as we go. Amen. And we thank God for it. Amen. Amen. We're still under our title, I Must Believe God. Amen. I must believe God. If you're not feeling well in your body, you must believe God. Amen. If the bills are becoming overwhelming, you must believe God. For all the debt that you created, now you got people chasing you and calling you all the time. I must believe God. Amen. If you got laid off and don't know where your next job is coming from, you got to believe God. Amen. If you need more money in your pocket and your pay just doesn't seem to be making it, I must believe God. If the children are giving you problems and you just don't know what to do, I must believe God. I got to believe God. Our thought for this week, I must be confident in God's word. Amen. I must be confident in God's word. You cannot get anything from the Lord unless you have confidence in his word. You got to have confidence in what God says. You got to be convinced that what God said he will do. You have to know that God does not renege on his promises. He does not go back on what he said. Every word he says is yea and amen. God will fulfill everything he says. He's not short on his promises. He will do it. Therefore, 
I must be confident in God's word. When I read it, I got to have confidence that what God said in it, he will do. I got to be confident. I have to be convinced that God is who he says he is. Therefore, God will do what he says he will do. The challenge to believe God's word. To believe God's word. You know, I was telling Tabernacle this morning that some people can quote the word. Some people memorize the word. But you know what? There's nothing like believing it. For if you can quote it, if you have memorized it, that means nothing if you don't believe it. You have got to believe in God's word. Look around and tell your neighbor, we got to believe God's word. Saints of God, as I'm beginning to live more and more, God is showing me more and more every day that it's about his word. The only thing that's going to make us victorious in life is the word of the living God. The only thing that's going to see us through is the word of the living God. I don't know about you, but if you haven't come to the conclusion yet, I've come to the conclusion that I cannot live without a word from the Lord. I need a word from God. If I don't have a word from the Lord, I will fail. I will fall. I will die trying. I need a word from the Lord. Is there a word from the Lord? Isn't that what King Jehoshaphat said to Ahab? Is there a word from the Lord? In other words, we need an understanding of what's going on and what we're doing. Before we do anything, we need a word from the Lord. So, we got to believe God's word. Finally, your subject for today. No matter what, I am persuaded. Again, no matter what, I am persuaded. For your scriptures, turn with me to Romans, the eighth chapter. And God for the word is right. Romans, the eighth chapter. And turn with me to Zechariah, the third chapter. No matter what, I am persuaded. I remember back in theological school when I was studying and I was going to school and passing, trying to pass the test. And I always wanted to know what does faith really mean? Amen. Because we hear the word faith a lot. We talk about faith. Oh, you got to have faith. You got to have faith. But a lot of people, if you ask them, what does faith mean? They wouldn't be able to tell you. They say, oh, oh, well, you just got to believe God. Yes, believing is the action of faith. But what is faith? What is faith? How does it operate? What does it do? And if I must believe God, that means I got to have faith. And then my believing is, my, is the action of my faith. Because my faith says, I believe God. My action says, my belief, trust God. So no matter what, I am persuaded. What does it mean to be persuaded? Because the best answer as to what is faith, faith is being persuaded. Say it with me. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. 
When you are persuaded, you're saying, I have faith in God. I am persuaded that God is going to do exactly what he says he will do. To be persuaded is to be fully convinced. To be persuaded is to be confident. How many hear it? Again, to be persuaded is to be fully convinced. To be persuaded is to be confident. When I am persuaded, I am assured. I am assured when I am persuaded. Listen, I'm so persuaded that I look to persuade others by what I believe. Because I am persuaded by what I believe. I am persuaded that God will do exactly what he said he will do. No matter what, I'm persuaded. And you can't tell me anything else. See, you know when a person has faith, when no matter how much negativity you throw at them, they still believe what they say. Amen. Amen. They still believe in what they have taught themselves. They still believe and they're standing firm on what they know. See, that's when you know a person is fully persuaded. They cannot be moved. See, persuaded people, you can't tell them anything. They're going to believe exactly what they've been taught and what they know to be true. What has been tested. What has been test to be right because they're persuaded and they won't go no other way. See, you got some people in their faith, they're like dust. The wind comes by, what happens to that dust? It flies away. You have some people who are like tumbling weeds. Whenever a strong wind come by, it moves them because they're easily persuaded by what other people say. See, but when a person has faith in God's word, if somebody comes on the radio and just because he's a well-known preacher and he says something, doesn't mean they're automatically going to accept what he says if it's not in line with God's word. See, because you got a lot of people going to church for the preacher. And not for God. I pray you didn't come to see me today. I pray that you came to get a deeper relationship and fellowship with God. I pray that you came to get into the presence of God. So that you, when you leave here, your faith will be increased. So that you will be persuaded that God will do what he said he will do. I am persuaded. Paul was so persuaded that Paul died for the gospel. Jesus was so persuaded by his mission that he died for us, for our sins, and gave himself a a sacrifice for each and every one of us. And by his stripes, we are what? Why? Because he was persuaded that his mission would not fail. Oh man, how many of y'all hear that? 
our Lord was persuaded that his mission would not fail. And because of that, many of you here today are saved by the blood of the Lamb. Because you were persuaded by what Jesus did at Calvary's cross. And by his stripes, we are? Are you persuaded by that? By his stripes, we are? I'm persuaded by that. So I'm healed. Listen, now, some of y'all may find this as strange, but listen, I'm healed from lying. I'm healed from discouragement. I'm healed from depression. I know, so y'all waiting to say, when are you going to say diabetes? <laughs> when are you going to say high blood pressure? No, I'm, pers- I'm so persuaded, I am healed from discouragement. I'm so persuaded I am healed by his stripes that, listen, I'm not going to let you get me down. I'm not going to let what you say about me bother me because I'm persuaded in who I believe and whom I know that he will do exactly what he says he will do because I have faith in his word. I am persuaded that his word works and that he has never failed and he never will. I'm persuaded. I'm so persuaded I trust him more. Somebody say, I trust the Lord. Lord. Say it with me again, I trust the Lord. Lord. No matter what, I am persuaded persuaded I am persuaded there's an enemy out here saints of God there's an enemy out here who looks to bring all of us down who looks to destroy us and what he's after listen what he's after he's after what you are persuaded about he's after what you believe because he knows that if he can stop What you believe, he can disrupt your whole life. He knows that if he can stop what you know to be true, if he can make you turn from what you know, that's what he's aiming to do. That is the goal of our enemy. But we got to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, say it with me. I got to fight the good fight of faith. Oh, I like what Paul said. Paul told Timothy in the last book that he wrote, and he wrote it in prison, knowing that he was going to his death. Listen to Paul. Paul said, I have fought a good fight, and I have kept the faith. And listen, and now I am ready to be offered up. He, it did not even matter to him that he was going to Nero's chopping block. He didn't care. He said, I fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I've never failed or faltered in what I believe that Jesus Christ did on Calvary. I am persuaded that after this, something greater, something better is coming. Oh, like that song that young, that young man wrote. There'll be, there will be glory after this. I believe that. There will be glory after this. See, God justified us by believing in Jesus Christ. But soon, after this, after this justification, there will come glory. 
And I got news for you. The glory is in you now. If the Holy Spirit lives inside you, the glory of the Lord is in you. You know what catches Satan's attention about you? The glory. Because the Holy Spirit is shining inside of you. He is the bright light that goes forth that the spirits know they cannot defeat you. So they use you in your silly thinking to defeat you. But we're not going to do no silly thinking. We're going to be victorious in Jesus. Oh, I'll tell your neighbor, I'm going to be victorious in the Lord. Oh, I'll say it again. I'm going to be victorious in the Lord. I need you to understand that our belief system is under attack. You can see it in the world. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Do you not see it in the world? Right is wrong and wrong is right. This is crazy. My daughter sent me a picture this morning of the pastor and the first man. Why? Because we live in a world where right is wrong and wrong is right. And the world sees it no other way. That's right, the pastor and the first man. I said, Jesus, I said, where's the woe? They took out woe and just put man, pastor and first man. Thank God I got a first woman. Amen. Amen. And blessed be God for all of you that believe that God created Adam and Eve and not God created Adam and Eve and not Adam and Steve. Because if that was the case, none of us would be here. Don't you see that in that, it even tells you that in that, the human race would go extinct if that's the way the world was. It would die out if that's the way God did it. But see, for his glory, for his glory, he made it so that the population could multiply. Thanks be God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But the enemy is attacking our belief system. So right is wrong and wrong is right. Years ago, things that we hear now, I'm on a, I'm on a school bus. And when I'm on the school bus, these kids are talking. And let me tell you something, they cussing like it's out of style. But then, you know, it's no wonder that Sister Amarillis, because you go to TV, they cussing like it's out of style. And it used to be, it used to be when I was in school that if you said a word like that, you were going to eat some soap. Come on, all of you here, you know, what I'm, some of y'all here know what I'm talking about. You either going to get some soap or you going to get your face slapped off. A bloody lip. But now these kids will cuss in front of you and then they'll get off the bus and cuss in front of mom and dad and curse at them. And no one says anything right. Because why? Because wrong is right and right is wrong. The kids have no respect for authority. 
And this is happening right in front of us. And hit one of these kids and see what happens. Touch them. Just think about it and let them know it. They'll call the cops on you and they'll arrest you. And all you did was correct them. But that's the world we live in. Had a man on my job. The young man braced up against him to fight. Took off his shirt and ran to the, the man to fight. And they fired him for the fight. And he didn't even start it. But that's the world we live in. That's the world we live in. They tell you, if you see somebody in trouble, go and help them. Go and run to them. But you got to know the law. You got to know how you got to hold them. You got to know how you take them down. You got to understand how hard you should hold them. I ain't got no time to look at no rule book. But they got a man in jail right now, and he tried to save a woman's life. And now they got him in jail. It happened to Brother Nate one time. Trying to help somebody else, and you wind up in jail. And you trying to help somebody. And then what it makes you say, well, why help anybody? That's the world we live in. Because their belief, their beliefs, listen, their belief system is all twisted. They tell you now, everybody going to heaven. Really? Everybody going to heaven? So God just accept anybody in this heaven. You done lived the way you want to all your life, but you going to heaven. You see, you see all these people, and you see people get killed, and the first thing they want to do is say they're going to heaven. You see, the, you see them on television when they go up and accept the awards, hair looking all crazy, pants hanging down, down there, and they get up and they say, I just want to thank my Lord, David, Jesus Christ. And they won an award for a woman, for, for a song that promotes having sex with women and ain't married. But remember, that's him, he gets up there, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Really? Seriously? Would the Lord have approved of your song? Would he have approved? Does he approve of what you did? But you thanking him? Oh, Lord. Romans 8. Romans 8. Oprah. Oprah. Uh, uh, what I said the name wrong? I said it again wrong. What's, what's it? What I said? What's her name? Yeah, her too. Listen. Gets on her show and tells everybody Jesus is not the only way to God. Y'all know it. Y'all act like y'all ain't heard it. That's what she's been saying that for the longest. She said Jesus is not the only way to God. When, when Jesus, listen, Jesus say, I'm not the only way. Jesus said, I am the way. Jesus said, I am the way. No man cometh to the Father except by me. You can't get to God without coming through Jesus. 
but people that are dying and don't believe in Jesus are going to heaven. Really? What the scriptures have to say about that, you know. Listen to what Paul said. Romans 8, verse 35. Now, I need you to understand that the word who here, you're going to understand in a second. Romans 8, 35. It says, who? Listen, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It says, who, right? I want you to keep that word, who. Say it with me, who. That's good. You sound like owls. Who? <laughs> Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Listen, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Notice that after all, when Paul said who, he begins to talk about all the things that come about that don't come about by God. So now we get to understand a little bit more about who this who is. Because who brings all this stuff? The enemy. The forces of darkness is who Satan is referring to when he says who? Who? shall separate us from the love of Christ. Now the question is rhetorical, of course, but Paul is bringing out some things here to show you that nothing can separate us. Because even though all these things we go through in life, listen, nothing shall separate us from this powerful love. This love that is so powerful that even in the meanest and most dirty person in the world, he still has the love in him that he's fighting or she's fighting not to show. Because love is so powerful, it's in everybody. The only reason why people don't show love is because they don't want to. But guess what? God is so powerful that even in our sinful state, even the sinner can show love. Even the most evil and wicked person can show love. Because love is that powerful. Say it with me, love is powerful. I'll oh, say it again, love is powerful. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Christ loved us so much that he died for us. Shall tribulation? Somebody say no. Our distress? Somebody say no. no. Our persecution? Come on. No. Our famine? No. Our nakedness? No. Our pearl? No. Our the sword? No. Even by saying the sword, Paul is saying that even if they execute you, they cannot separate you from the love of Christ. Even if they execute you. That's why Paul said, I'm ready to be offered up. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. Go ahead and kill me. I got better where I'm going. I got more. There's glory where I'm leaving after this. That's why he wasn't worried about death. See that? He wasn't worried about death. You're not doing anything but sending me to a better place. I ain't got to worry about no more bills. I ain't got, you know what? 
That's why John said, come, Lord Jesus. Even now. Come. Why? Because once I'm out of here, I'm finished with sin. I'm finished with death. I'm finished with Satan. I don't have to deal with you bothering me anymore. I ain't got to deal with you talking about me or gossiping on me. Let me tell y'all something. You going to the funeral and you crying over your dead. And I guarantee you, if your dead can look down on you, he said, big dummy, what are you crying for? <laughs> don't you know? Where, where they are, if they died in the Lord, and the word said, the word said, blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. Do you not know where they are? My daddy is in the presence of God. And even if you went there and asked him if he wanted to come back, I know what he tell you. He ain't coming back. No. To be in the presence of God with no more pain. Listen, no more growing old. No more gray hair. Remember your best age and when you felt the best. I'm speaking to everybody over 25. Remember your age when you felt your best. And you're going to live like that for eternity. I was telling somebody, boy, when I was a young dude, I used to jump down the staircase like 14 flights of stairs, I just jumped down. Man, I felt good. And I, I felt so good, I kept doing it all the way down from the four stories. You couldn't pay me to do it now. <laughs> if I jump it now, you'd have to call EMS. <laughs> Quickly. And tell them, bring blood. Because I know both of my legs would come right out of the socket. My knees would break up and everything. Because I can't do what I used to do. But there's coming a day that my youth will be restored and I will never grow old again when I be in the presence of Jesus forever. I will never get old. No more gray hair. No more arguing with the sons. No more wishing the daughter had texted you for Father's Day in the morning. I ain't got to worry about that stuff no more. I ain't got to worry about what you said about me. You don't like the way I preach. You don't like the way I teach. I ain't got to worry about that no more. You want to leave the church and leave us with the bills. That's okay. What shall separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? And out of all that he mentioned, he knew Nothing. Nothing. Then he goes to the next verse. Look what he says. And as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Listen, because tribulation means to be crushed. Tribulation means to be compressed, to be squeezed. When you get into distress, it, it, it's a narrow room. It's trouble that develops within you. Why? Because of the tribulation outside. Distress builds up on the inside. And because of all this, listen what happens now. Because of all this that goes on, 
Then there's still more. There's persecution. Persecuted by people for no reason. See, because persecution comes to people that don't deserve it. How many understand that? Persecution comes to people that didn't do anything to deserve it. Those are people who are persecuted. See, but yes, we're persecuted. Yes, we go through tribulation. But listen, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed. Listen, for the sake of the gospel, we go through these things. We even go through nakedness. Now, when you talk about nakedness, you're going back to the beginning of the Bible. Remember, in the second chapter of Genesis, when we heard about Adam and Eve, the last thing we heard about them before the fall was that the Bible said that they were both naked and what? Not ashamed. It did not bother them that they were naked. But when nakedness came after sin, now everything they knew. They even, listen what they tried to do. When they found out they were naked, they tried to cover themselves. Listen, Adam even had the nerve to tell God after he wouldn't answer them, and he finally answered them, and God said, where were you? And Adam said, I hid myself. Why did Adam hid himself? He was naked. He was naked. And what, what did God say? Who told you? Who told you you were naked? Have you ate of the tree that I told you, paraphrasing, that I told you not to eat of? Then what did Adam do? Did he take responsibility? Did he take accountability? No, he blamed each and every one of you women in here for what he did. And then he got nerve enough to turn around and blame God and said, you gave her to me. But see, responsibility would have made Adam be a man and to admit he did wrong. Say it with me. Only a real man only a real woman takes responsibility. Please remember that. Please remember that. And for all of you men in here today who are fathers and stood up for your responsibility. Come on, ladies, and give the men a hand praise if you know those who are standing up and took their responsibility. Because only a man and a man of God will take his responsibility for what he's done. Adam and Eve caused the whole world to be naked. But listen, Paul said, in spite of that, listen, as it is written, for your sake, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. As sheep go to the slaughter. And what do sheep do when they go to the slaughter? They're quiet. They don't say a word. They don't cry. They just go there 
and take what's coming to them. But listen what Paul said. Paul said, in spite of all the things I just said, verse 37, listen what he said. He said, nay, in all these things. Do you hear it? In spite of the persecution, in spite of the distress, in spite of the tribulation, in spite of the nakedness, in spite of the pearl and the sword, in all these things. (laughs) See, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what happens, in spite of these things, we are more. I am persuaded that we are more than conquerors because we have more power than the enemy who sends these things to us. No, we are more than conquerors. We are more. Say it with me. I'm more than a conqueror. What does that mean? That means that I have more than I will ever know to conquer the very work of the enemy. I am persuaded that nothing he does can get me down. He cannot toss me to the side because every time he gets me down, I rise. Every time he knocks me out, I get up. That's not to say I don't go through. That's not to say I'm not going to think about cussing you out. But I'm not going to do it. Because I'm more than a conqueror. And I will conquer the thoughts of my mind that says give her a peace. I will conquer the thought in my mind that says tell him off. I am more than a conqueror. Nay, in all these things... So you think about all that you're going through. Think about all that's happened in your life this week. Think about all the sickness that's in your family and say to yourself, nay, in all these things, in spite of all that's happening, I'm still a winner. I still overcome. I still can do it in Jesus' name. I am not overwhelmed. I will conquer. And at the end, I will be victorious. In spite of how my body feels, in spite of what the doctor's report said, whose report will you believe? Will you believe the doctor that says you're dying or you will believe the Lord who says you are more than conquerors? Who are you going to believe? Who persuaded you? Who are you persuaded by? Because see, the world says a lot of things, but who are you persuaded by? Are you persuaded by the report of the world, of the physician, who just like you has to die also? Who just like you can get sick like you? I've had physicians die, but I'm still here. Oh, they claim they eat right, they claim they exercise, they claim they do this for themselves, but still guess what? Death still got a hold of them. But even when death gets a hold of me, I'm still more than a conqueror. Even when death comes my way, I'm defeating death. Because death can't do anything to me. Death, listen, death is only my transportation. (sighs) 
Death is my bus, my train, my plane, whatever you want to think of him. That's what he is. He's my way to God. Because as soon as I cross the line, I'm going to the spirit realm where God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. And when I cross that line, I'm in another world. I'm in another realm. I'm in another dimension that I've never been before where I will live for eternity. Why? Because I'm more than a conqueror. Listen, I'm more than a conqueror. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him that loved us. And listen what Paul said next. And Paul said, for I am persuaded. How many hear this? For I am persuaded. I don't care which way you go and what you believe. I'm persuaded in what God has showed to me. He has showed me victory and this is what I'm persuaded by. I'm not persuaded by the report of the world. I'm not persuaded by what the world tells me. I'm persuaded by what God said. See, Satan speaks to you to persuade you to believe what he believes. It's to throw us off track. See, because yeah, he'll sit there and stand there and say, well, you know, adultery won't hurt. Have an affair. But see, what he doesn't tell you is that you will hurt and not him. He'll tell you, oh, tell that lie. Oh, go ahead. It's just a little lie. I ain't never known a little lie. Anybody ever known a little lie? I ain't never seen a white lie. It's all lies. If it ain't true, what is it? Thank you. Thank you. You go to people there. well, did you just lie? It was a little one. There ain't no little lie. You can't tell a little lie. A lie is a lie. And it's always going to be a lie. Like the truth is the truth. And the truth don't change. Amen? Amen. The, let me tell you something about truth. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. He never changed. The truth remains the same. Say it with me. The truth remains the same. Oh, say it again. The truth remains the same. Oh, listen what Paul said. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor, listen, he talked about the things of life in his first part. He said that neither death nor life which is the highest part of this life that we have. You either live or die. Amen? But then Paul goes to the next part, and the next part I need you to understand, that he goes into the spirit world. He says, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. In other words, the devil don't want you to know, but none of his forces can defeat you. None of his forces can take you down. They are powerless against the child of God. But he'll keep coming at you to make you think you can't defeat him. But I come to tell you, be persuaded. You can. 
I am persuaded that the devil is defeated. I am persuaded that death is dead. I am persuaded that sin has no power. I am persuaded that nothing you do against me shall prosper. No weapon. I am persuaded that I am blessed. I am persuaded that I am wealthy and rich. I am persuaded that I shall live and not die. I am persuaded. That's what Paul's saying. I'm persuaded. Not by the things that people say. I'm persuaded by what God says. Nor angels. Nor principalities. Nor powers. Listen. Nor things present. Nor things to come. Look at that. Nor things present. And not even the things to come. You hear that? No matter, listen, no matter what happens, you're in God's hand and the enemy can't shake you out. For whom, who is in Jesus' hand, no man can take out. You understand that? God has you. It's just like we go around telling, we go around telling people, I got you. System pastor tell me that often. He said, I got you. I got you. Oh, but see, I know who got him. See, and I know who got me. I know who takes care of both of us. So, see, let me tell you something. I got you because God got me. Ah. Uh, because I can't, I can't, I don't got you by myself. Amen? I can't say that in my own strength because then, see, you be trusting in me. Don't trust in me because I'll fail you. I'm going to tell you right now. Don't look at me. We've been married this December 27, 30 years. Thank God. Listen, we've been married 30 years, December 27th, but thanks be to God because we didn't get here by ourselves. It was the Lord that brought us this far, and without the Lord, we won't be able to go any further. We would have been done, but God. We would have divorced, but God. We would have gave up, but God. So at the, at the end of the day, it's not about us. Not about us. I appreciate that you, you look at us and say, oh, man, look at that. That's, that's beautiful. Yes, want what we have, but no, we didn't do it. Want what we have, but no, it's not of us. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, but that the power be not of us, but of God. God gave us the power to stay together. Because let me tell you something. If God didn't do it, we, we couldn't. I'm going to tell you right now. If God didn't do it, we, I don't know what any other person that says that's been married for a long time, I ain't got nothing to do with what they do. I'm telling you, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Because only, only God can make a marriage work. Living with somebody you ain't never lived with before, who get on your nerve, and sometimes they good, but then sometimes it's just like, get out. Got married couples now living in separate places. Talking about, yeah, we get along good. Seriously? 
The test is in living together and getting through it, not living apart. Amen. That's why people, that's why people don't want to get married anymore. They figure, you know, well, if we don't get married, we can leave anytime we want to. The devil is a liar. God said marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. But whoremongers, God will judge. Amen? Amen. Listen, Paul finished this up. Paul said, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is, again, notice how he keeps saying this, which is in, say in, in. say in Christ. in Christ. Notice, everything that Paul has talked about up to this time, he always talked about Christ, in Christ. It's about being in Christ. Why? I am persuaded that because of Christ being in me, that I am victorious. I am persuaded that because of Christ being in me, that I can do what God has called me to do, that I can make it in this world. Turn quickly to Zechariah 3, and we're finished. Zechariah 3. Because I need you to understand who's opposing you at every hand who's coming against you and fighting you on the things that God has for you. When we come to Zechariah 3, and my both students already know this, thank God for them. Zechariah, I have always called the minor prophet with the major prophecies. He wasn't a major prophet, he was a minor prophet, but when you begin to read Zechariah's book, you would even wonder yourself, why wasn't he a major prophet? He talked not only about our, the coming of our Lord, and not only did he talk about our Lord being sold for 30 pieces of silver, but he talked about Jesus in the millennial kingdom. He talked about Jesus coming in his revelation. He even, if you, can, if you really understand prophecy, you can even read in Zechariah and find that nuclear war is going to happen. There will be a nuclear war. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. There will be a nuclear war. It's coming, thanks to God. But see, I'm persuaded. I'm not going to walk around scared. I'm not, not going to lose my mind over this. I am persuaded. I don't care if the nukes fall. It's going to vaporize me. Only for God to take my dust and make me another body and put me back together and blow his breath in me and put his spirit in me and I shall live forever. See, that's the kind of God we serve. No matter what, I am persuaded. Because he knows where to find my body. Take my ashes and pour it out to see. God will bring it back together still. Because he knows. He knows what to do for his people. He knows how to handle us. Amen. Listen here. Zechariah was a prophet in the days that Israel was coming back from captivity. See, God had Israel thrown into captivity to Babylon for 70 years, all because of idolatry and disobeying the word of God. They were thrown into captivity, and Babylon took them from their land and scattered them all over the world. Now, some of you may say, well, how do we know that? Because the Jews are still suffering from it today. 
Do not forget that the Jews just was made, given their state in 1948. All those years, the Jews were without a state. Why? Because God scattered them throughout the world. And even right now, Jews are still coming back to Israel. As we speak, they're traveling back. God is bringing them back. See, only God can do that. See, God who scattered them is able to bring them back to where they're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. They were scattered throughout the world. And it all started and it all came about. And Zechariah is in the midst of it. Why? Because when the Jews came back from Babylon, the Jews went back to Jerusalem to rebuild. Let me give you a little history. How many of you know the book of Ezra? You know the book of Ezra? A lot of y'all probably don't know what the book of Ezra is about, but the book of Ezra is about rebuilding the temple that the Babylonians destroyed. Rebuilding the temple that the Babylonians ransacked and took all the stuff that was in it. The book of Nehemiah? The book of Nehemiah is about rebuilding the wall that the Babylonians tore down. See, the walls represent protection, but when the walls were torn down, that meant no protection, but God put it on the heart of Nehemiah to go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and Nehemiah rebuilt them in record time. He was even confronted and, and threatened by Satan's buddies to be killed. Don't y'all remember? When they came to him and said, come down, they want to talk, we want to talk with you in the alley. <laughs> How many of y'all remember that? They told Nehemiah. Said, come on down, Nehemiah. We want to talk to you. Nehemiah said, I'm doing a good work. And I will not come down. Nehemiah knew what them, I mean, Nehemiah knew what them fools wanted. They wanted to destroy him. Listen, to stop the work of God. The enemy always is looking to stop the work of God in your life, to stop the work of God in your mind, which is why when you go to read the word, you go to sleep. Never read the word when you're tired. Never make reading the word the last part of your day. No, don't do that. Don't you know that your word, the word of God is your food? Don't you know that the word of God is your living water? Don't you know that the word of God renews your mind? Don't you know that the word of God strengthens you? Why would you wait till the worst part of your day to study it when you're tired? After you done did everything you want to do, now you just got time for God. You giving God your worst. After you done work, after you done slave, and now you want, you need to give God that time when you first wake up. That's your best time, that's your strongest time. Because you're not going to feel like that no more throughout the day. Once the day is over. How many of you say amen to that? You're not going to feel like that no more. When you wake up, you strong, you refreshed. You ain't going to go to sleep because you just woke up. Amen? Amen? But most, wait till the evening. Came back from work, had to cook, had to put the kids to bed, and now you're sitting there reading the word. Wake up, and now you got to get up and get the kids together and go out and go to work again. Hey, you come back and read the word again. Same thing. All of, it becomes monotonous. But see, that's what Satan wants so that you don't get no food. And just like we know, if we don't get no water, we'll dehydrate. If we don't get no food, we'll start to feel famished and faint. Amen? Amen. Don't you know everything has to be done 
with balance, even fasting? Who fasts the whole month? Or 60 days out of the month? Who, no, you ain't fasting that long. Because eventually, you're going to need some food. Amen? Amen. Be walking around look, looking like you're dying. Amen? Now, God picks a high priest. The high priest's name is Joshua. Not, the, not Moses' successor, but the high priest of the days because Jerusalem now needs a high priest. Say it with me, Jerusalem needs a high priest. Jerusalem needs a high priest. Verse, verse 1, chapter 3, Zechariah. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest. This is a series of visions Zechariah has. And he's saying that God showed him the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Now, I need you to understand that the angel of the Lord, which those of you who've been under this ministry, you know that the angel of the Lord is the pre-incarnate Christ. It was Christ before he came to church. You say, how is it the angel of the Lord? Listen, it was the angel of the Lord that spoke to Moses through the burning bush. An angel would have never told Moses to take off his shoes for the place where you stand is holy ground. That was the Lord. See, the, uh, an angel would have never said to Joshua when Joshua went to meet the angel of the Lord with the sword and asked him, are you for us or are you for our enemy? And when he asked him that and when the angel of the Lord got through talking to him, he said, take off thy shoes from off thy foot. For the place where you stand is holy ground. And Joshua took off his shoes and not only took on his shoes, took off his shoes, but got down and worshiped him. An angel will never accept worship. In the book of Revelation, the angel told John, get up. Worship God, not me. That's what the angel, angels don't accept worship. So we know that this angel of the Lord is Christ before he even came to earth. Showing up for us. How many understand that? He showed up for me and you. I am persuaded that this is Christ. Why? I see the evidence of it being Christ. And you're going to see it even more. That this angel of the Lord was not just any angel. This angel of the Lord was no other than Jesus. And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord. Listen, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Standing where? At the right hand of Joshua. Satan is the prosecutor standing there to stop Joshua from being reinstated as high priest. But the angel of the Lord is there. The defense attorney. Our advocate. Our intercessor. Our mediator. In the courtroom of the Lord. Right there when Satan is standing against us. I'm here to tell you that if God be for you. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who can be against you if God be for you? Listen to this. And said unto me, and listen, and the Lord said unto Satan, the angel of the Lord, the Lord rebuked thee, O Satan, even the Lord that has chosen Jerusalem. Why? Because the devil did not want Jerusalem rebuilt. Because Jerusalem represents the presence of God with his people. Satan wants to get rid of anything 
in our life that resembles God. Which is why he'll fight us with reading the word. He'll fight us with praying. Oh, I got too much on my mind. I just can't pray right now. Yes, you can. I don't know what to say to God. Praise him. I don't know what to say to God. Worship him. Isn't this what pastor said last Sunday? Isn't that what's going to get us through? Is our praise and our worship? How did Jehoshaphat win the war? He praised and he worshiped God. You don't tell me, I don't know what to say to God. Don't pray, worship. And you know what? God will interpret your groaning. God will interpret your tears. Matter of fact, God got your tears all in a bottle. And he's going to avenge you of your enemies in the last days. And he says, Satan, the Lord rebuke thee. In other words, this is the equivalent of our court. I'll quote one word, overruled. <laughs> Satan, you're overruled. Shut up. Isn't that what the judge says when he wants a lawyer to sit down? So picture the Lord talking to your enemy and telling your enemy, oh, you're overruled. Sit down. For I got this man, I got this brother or this sister is under me and I'm going to take care of them. Aren't you glad you serve the mighty God? Aren't you glad Jesus is your defense attorney? Don't you know that even now he sits at the right hand of God for you? Don't you know that? He's defending you now for you know that Satan is in heaven accusing you of being phony. Satan is in heaven accusing you of being a hypocrite. Satan is in heaven accusing you and I of being actors. But guess what? God is rebuking him. Because all Jesus, listen what Jesus do. All Jesus got to do is get up and say. That's it. That's it. I know what I'm talking about. What is Jesus saying? What is Jesus saying? Look at the nail prince father. Look at the nail prince father. I did this for Aaron. So Adam is not guilty of what Satan says. My God. Thank you, Jesus. You see this? Every time you do something wrong, Jesus says, this is what I did for him. My God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So when God sees the nail friends, guess what? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, say, I'm forgiven. Come on and give God a hand praise. Come on and give God a hand praise right now. Say it with me. I'm forgiven. Say it again. I'm forgiven. Oh, look at this. He said, has not the Lord chosen Jerusalem? Is it not, is this not a brand plucked out of the fire? In other words, is this not a man that was plucked out of tribulation, that was plucked out of persecution, that was plucked out of distress, that was plucked out of trouble to be used by God? I am persuaded. I am persuaded. Listen. And he answered and spake unto those that stood before him. Listen what he said. Take away the filthy garments from him. And said unto him, he said, behold, I have caused thine iniquities to pass from thee. And I will clothe thee with change of raiment. God has removed everything filthy and dirty about you. God has blessed you 
and he has put clean clothes on you. Anybody know what you're wearing right now? How many of you in the Lord right now? If you're in Jesus, raise your hand. If you've been saved by the blood, raise your hand. Listen, do you know what your clothes are? Your clothes are righteousness. Your clothes are holiness. Your clothes are justification. Do you know that? Your clothes are redemption. Your clothes are righteousness. You are wearing the garments of righteousness. For just like, just like Joshua, you've been cleansed. You went through. Yeah, you did. But guess what? God loved you so much that when he brought you in his courtroom, he changed you. But the enemy wants you to think that you're dirty, that you have no use, that you have no purpose. But I'm here to tell you that God says, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. I'm not listening to you. This is my child. And God is cleansing you even right now. I know you, you had some bad thoughts this week. It's okay. God can cleanse you right now. For what you did last week, you don't have to do this week. You can be victorious. Come on and stand with me. 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 We don't find much churches that want to preach about sin anymore and want to teach about how you can get your stuff they want to preach about and tell you how you're blessed but why not teach them how to stay blessed by staying away from the things that offend God for Satan is standing by every day to oppose you. Some of you are on watch. I meant to tell my wife this. I looked at it on the road. Between today and yesterday, I've never been cut off by so many people on the road in all my life. But I realize now also what it is. I realize the enemy would love to instill fear in me. I realize the enemy would love to take me out. But God said live. And let me, let me tell you something. No matter what, I desire to be persuaded. Not by what I think, but by what God says. What God says. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing the what? The word of God. Who needs prayer here today? Quickly, who wants prayer here today? Who wants prayer? Come quickly. Come on, who wants prayer? Who desires prayer? Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Come on, if you desire prayer today. here today persuaded persuaded that everything God said he will do hallelujah
enemy doesn't want you to understand fully who you are. But I'm here to tell you, you are more than conquerors. You have more than enough to walk in victory. And though Satan is standing by you, accusing you of things, your defense attorney cannot lose. I want you to know that your lawyer has never lost a case. Your lawyer is Jesus. There's never been a case that he has lost. Every case he has fought, he has won. And he fights for you right now. So I'm telling you, as Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. Never give up your faith. Never turn from the goodness of God. Know that God's got you and he has your best in his interests. And he's going to do all that he said in his word. You will be victorious. You will conquer. You will be successful. That job you've been praying for is yours in the name of Jesus. The money that you need is coming in Jesus' name. Amen. Honey, come on and pray. Hallelujah. We're going to touch and agree with you by faith that you as being a persuaded Christian will grow even more in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word that has gone forth today, oh God. We thank you for each and every one that has come forth today, oh God. Leaning and depending on your word, oh God. God, we know that you are able, oh God, to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, oh God. And we know that because of the cross, oh God, that we have already won this battle, oh God. We are persuaded, oh God, that you are able. We are persuaded, oh God, that we are more than conquerors. We are persuaded, oh God, that we are not sick, that we are healed, oh God. We are persuaded that we are not defeated, but we are victorious, oh God, because of your word, oh God, we can't stand. Because of your word, oh God, we can make it, oh God. Because of your word, oh God, we can live in this sinful world, oh God. The enemy seeks to devour us, oh God. He desires to sift us as wheat, oh God. But Lord, you have given us power, oh God, to make it, oh God. You have given us life in abundance, oh God. And for that, we shall stand and live and declare, oh God, that we are your people, oh God. We will declare, oh God, that we are above and not beneath, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh God, we thank you, oh God, for your word. We thank you, oh God, that we must worship you in spirit and in truth, oh God. Oh God, we thank you, oh God, this day, oh God. Hallelujah, because you are God and God alone and all power is in your hands, oh God. We praise you, we glorify you, we lift you up this day, oh God. God, you're doing a new thing within us, oh God, and we choose to believe, oh God, that you're doing it in the name of Jesus, oh God. Hallelujah, we can make it, oh God. We can stand, oh God. We can live, oh God, in this sinful world, oh God, because of you, oh God. And we thank you and we bless you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Hallelujah, give him praise, give him glory. Hallelujah, give him the glory, the honor, hallelujah. Because he is a good God. Hallelujah. All glory and honor goes to him, oh God. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. 
We praise you, oh God. We give you the glory and the honor. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bless you. We bless you. Don't stop praising him. Hallelujah. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. Hallelujah. Victory is in our praise. Hallelujah. Victory is in our worship. Hallelujah. Victory is when we lift our voices unto the Lord in spite of everything that we go through. Hallelujah. We can make it and we can stand. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We bless you. We glorify you. We honor you. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. Somebody say it with me. Say, I am persuaded by the word of God. Say, I am persuaded by the word of God. God will do what he says. God will do what he says in Jesus' name. God bless you. To all you fathers, have a wonderful Father's Day. God bless you. We salute you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless people. God bless folks. We just want to say, we just want to give our spiritual father, amen, our Bishop Ingram, we just want to tell him that we love him and happy Father's Day. We, we can't pay you for the work that you do. We can't be a, more of a blessing um, uh, to you than, you know, we just, we, we couldn't do enough for you. But we just want to tell you that we love you. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy. Thank you.